Bring spring color inside this season with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. Or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with durable colors that last all season with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ricky takes over the lead. Oh! Lands on the back of Carmichael. Undefeated on the new bike, Brian Villapoto wins Unadilla. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Title 24 presented by NBC Sports coming at you. I'm Ricky Carmichael alongside my co-host, Ryan Villapoto. Got a great show, great show for you today. Really excited. Uh, we got a special guest. And uh, you know what, RV? I think we're going to... Bring him uh, right in, right off the bat, and uh, let's just let's just get to it. And there he is, uh, Jace McAlpine, the host of Gypsy Tales. And man, uh, Jace, first and foremost, dude, welcome to the U.S. Glad that you're back. It's been some time. Uh, I want to congratulate you uh, just on how far you've come with Gypsy Tales and and the story. Uh, love your work, and uh, dude, uh, welcome. How's it how's it going? <laughs> No, man, first of all, I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, we, we definitely go way back. So I think you, you're one of the guys that's kind of like seen it. Yeah. Seen it from the very start. But, um, man, I've just literally been on a moto tour of America the last couple of weeks. It was Washougal. And then I lived in a motor home for a week at uh, at the ranch and uh, hit up the beer tent and shout in the creek and, and did all the good <laughs> stuff. So, uh, man, I'm living the dream. That's Jace, what did um, you what what'd you think of Loretta's for your first time, actually? And you were there wire to wire from start to finish. <laughs> yeah, no, I, dude, honestly, I, I thought it was amazing. I, I would actually love to go there and try and qualify for it one day. And I think it's you, know, you could get pretty deep on, on Loretta's. And I think, you know, here it's um, the, a lot of people have like opinions of it. There's too much emphasis on one race and it's the greatest thing in the world. But from like being at the event, on the ground, talking to people like yourself and, you know, like guys like Paul Parabinos, Nick Way, like everyone has a Loretta's story. And, you know, your generation grew up at Loretta's. That was the summer camp, you know, and it's still got that vibe. And, man, there was zero bad vibes there. There was, like, everyone was having fun. Everyone was, like, mingling. The racing was amazing. And I think it's just – I think it's pretty special that you can uh, – that's the world. That's the best races in the world that, you know, that go there. And, um, you know, to, to be a kid, say you're 12 to 15. And if you make Loretta Lynn's in a class, you're one of the 40th baddest dudes in America, which puts you way up there in the world kind of rankings, you know? So I think that it's a very unique system that they've created over the years. Um, and I think that it builds, it builds, there's so much pressure there. There's so much emphasis on that one race. Like if you can win that championship, like you're, you're a bad dude, um, no matter what. And then, you know, you can see 
probably you could speak to this RB. Like you can not win at the ranch for your entire career almost. And then that almost fuels you into your professional career. So it's such a crazy crucible um, that has produced some amazing talent. So it was really, really honestly cool to be a part of it. Hey, that, yeah, that leads me to something, RV and, and Jace. We were talking on our adventure ride this week about, about like multi-time champions, you know, at SMX level, pro level, that um, didn't have much success at, at Loretta's. You know, like you think about, I mean, yourself, I mean, you won, you know, uh, quite a bit at Loretta's RV, but not like as much as some guys, but you, you're one of the greats. And, you know, at, at the top level, isn't, isn't it crazy how that works out? Yeah, it, it, it is. It's, it is really, like Jay said, all the emphasis on one round or one, one race, let's say. Um, but I, I was funny. I was talking to guys driving and I was driving in through, flew into Nashville, drove in, checked out Broadway really quick and then went to the track. And I think I was telling my mom or somebody and I was like, you'd be, you'd be blown away with the, what the race has evolved into and and it's still the same old loretta lens it's still the same at the same place the tracks evolved a little bit but like vendors row now is down along the river and plus vendors row at where vendors row used to always be down the main drag by the fox tower um and behind the 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 little coliseum up top and it's just it's almost coming to a head of where it's like there's spectators now that come here that That's, come just yeah. to, to yeah. yeah, to like literally drink beer and 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 watch some amazing racing and then go in the in the river, um, go check Loretta Lynn's house house out up up the road. Um, it's 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 a it's a pretty badass destination. I'm only realizing that now that I'm older, I haven't been racing there. Everybody asks, when are you coming back to race? I'm like, I'm never racing in this place. It's too hot. It's way too rough. <laughs> And I'm out, you know, so, but I love going and I'd love my kids to experience it one day, you know, but, uh, I'm only going if we go to race. Yeah. Hey, uh, Jace, like, you know, being from Australia, I mean, I can only imagine the commitment that it takes for, for an Australian young amateur, like aspiring rider to, to come over there. It, I, I wish that there was an easier avenue, uh, for kids like that to come and be exposed to that. Do you think that there is a positive there for guys like right young youth in, in Australia, because you're from there having that opportunity and what that could bring to them? Me, me and my brother actually were talking about it the other day because I was sort of catching up with him through the week. And I was like, man, this is just so cool. And I said, like, we should try and qualify, you know, like now I'm over here, I'll get some bikes and like, yeah. let's just go do an area and a regional and, and um but he was like man it'd be cool if there was like a qualifier in australia or i mean that maybe like i I definitely think that there would be there would be a lot of kids that would do it and and shout out to some aussie guys man i mean huxley nolan was there tiger wood was there brad west who i'm with in california now i mean and there was more too um so there there is they bring yeah there is aussie families that that commit they know that this is the route um to the the professional ranks and um and it was it was pretty cool to see some some aussie kids there but i think to your point too rv like man i went for a hang and, and i thought to myself and and i had a lot a lot of people hitting me up on instagram being like can anyone just go and watch like could i go next year and um i honestly i think for the you know however long loretta's has been going like i actually think that that event can still grow 
and become even, you know, more of a, a spectacle. And, and, you know, there's guys that like, I would take an RV again. <laughs> to, yeah, to drink totally. And Dude, it's like, a, river, it's like a grown up spring break, right? It's like, it's almost it's like, like you wonder, with motocross. I would want my kids to qualify just so I could go there and party down and have a good time with people. It, it, I, I said this to somebody the other day. I said, it's, it's almost like a redneck yacht club. You know, yeah. where you, you post up in a big field with 5,000 people and all you do is ride side by sides and, and drive swamp buggies. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like that. It's very grassroots. Um, but obviously there's a major, there's a reason why people are there. And that's, that's chasing that Loretta's championship. I mean, like Ricky, I, 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 my last, or my year that I won a championship was my last time at the ranch. And then Dude, I went. Think to it, Bingham, think Bingham, Bingham. Everyone that's tuned wild. in, listen to us three today. Think about how gnarly that is to, and not, not to, not to take anything away from Loretta's. I mean, I think it's super important. I think if you go there and you showcase your talent, it certainly is going to give you opportunities to propel your, to propel your future 100%. But like, again, RV, one of the best guys to do it, multi-time champion at the elite level, supercross, motocross, you name it. And dude, you, 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 the last, you, you won on your last trip. And that's where I, I, I wanted to ask both of you guys this. I want your honest opinion. We were talking about this also on our ride this week. If you're a team manager and, and you've been around great teams, RV, Jace, you as well, back when you were in the States. So if you're looking at a prospect and they go out and they crush it at Loretta's, but then at the time, which I'm a massive fan of the, the Supercross Futures, I think mm. it really it, it gives those guys an opportunity to get out there in the real world and see what they can do. And it's helpful to team teams, manufacturers and teams, team managers. What do you think is more important? You're basing it on who you're going to hire, a guy that goes out and crushes Loretta's or a rider that goes out and does really, really well in the Futures. Which one are you guys going with? Uh, Jace, you want to go first, or man, I, Travis Pastrana has a saying: "Winners win." And you know, I think that um, the the good thing about Loretta, so here's what Loretta doesn't transfer over: the track's super weird. There's never three motos over a week. Like th there's there's so many factors that are in the Loretta Lynn's championship that you won't face as a pro. So do you need to win mm -hmm. Loretta's to be a successful pro? No, Ryan, you've proved that, you know, over your career. But I think that you can see, so like Tiger Wood, for example, like, I mean, you could just see he was like, he was one of the dudes. Vincent right. Way, same deal. Dax Bennett, like there was some guys where they just, they hit a level and you, you see that like they're the dude at the ranch, you know. Um, and then, so I, I think just like seeing a guy with all that pressure, all the eyes, all the focus and, the crazy thing about Loretta's too, which I don't think, unless you're there. So like I went to, I left on Sunday. Like I got there Sunday, left on Sunday. I walked, <laughs> went, went out into civilization. I was like, dude, I've been in a vortex. <laughs> like you yeah. You can't even see. Like the whole place is like surrounded by, I was just in like this weird, weird vortex for like a week. So I think for a kid to be able to handle that type of pressure at a young age, um, I think that speaks volumes of like their character and like who that person is. But again, you can just as easily say like, Hey, this is a very weird race that doesn't translate directly to national. So I guess that would be my roundabout answer. I, I, agree, with that. 
uh, yeah, I agree with that. It's a very unique track. Um, I mean, personally, if we if, if we can solve the world's problems right here, let's do it. But I I, I kind of see that like to your point of all that all this expectation, all this years worth years worth of work um, comes down to one week. And a lot of times you'll have a moto on Monday and then it's a moto one moto on Tuesday and one on, you know, and they're all spread out. So there's so many different factors and then there's the rain involved and they got dumped on the last three days. <laughs> it was not. Um, yeah, it was just crazy. So I, I, I do think that to answer the first question is, is I actually, if I'm picking a rider, I'm looking for somebody, not somebody that, and I'm going to look at everything. I'm going to look at what, what they drove there, what kind of bus they have, how, mm. how much is invested into their program. Um, you know, such how point. does the kid, yeah. yeah, how does the kid um, rebound from something? What's his attitude? And number one, he's got to be fast and, you know, be up front. Now, does he have to win? I don't think he has to win. I think he's got to show, you know, a bad start coming, you know, a 10th place start coming up to third. Okay, now that kid's got some heart. Um, where was his lap times when he was running through the pack to come up? Those are all things I would look at. And as for Loretta's itself, I would love to see it be like almost a triple crown and meaning one, it goes to uh, always have Loretta's, but then I would throw in two outdoor nationals that are easy to get to that everybody can get Ooh, to and have like two other conditions of racing motorcycle track, because let's face it, I rode practice on Monday and I'm not joking. It was I came so off and I was like, I was like, holy cow, this track is insanely So rough. glad you weren't and racing. I <laughs> Yeah, exactly, and and they're like, How's Brownie the said it was like, the roughest he's ever seen it. Yeah, it, it totally, and 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 I was telling somebody why, and I was like, because you have, they're like, why is it so rough? And I'm like, because you have a PW50 that can barely get around the track, and then you have plus 50 class that, so your braking bumps essentially are we're used to them in the into the turn down the straightaway on the gas, no bumps, all of a sudden braking bumps. There was braking bumps from the entry of the turn, out of the turn, down the straightaway, into the next turn. Um, there wasn't a spot on the track that was smooth. And I'm not – And they build up the yeah. sides of it, so you can't go anywhere. Like, you're boxed in. <laughs> like, it's crazy, dude. Dude, I remember when I raced there, and yeah. I think it was 2012, and I'm not kidding you. I never did one fast lap in, in practice because we were out, out there with, like, the – 50 plus class and then i dreaded every single lap out there there was nothing fun about it i'm like dude i should have just came here with the family camped out not raced and been drinking beer cheering on my friends watching and just being there like a festival like you guys were talking about it earlier it is it's almost like a destination it's like a music festival but for dirt bikes it, it yeah. truly yeah. is there's so much to do right and there's so many things that keep you occupied and i, I would I don't know that I'll ever go back there and race, but I damn sure would go back there to hang out for the week and, it, and watch my friend's kids it, race. Yeah, it was, dude, it brought out everybody, you know, it brought a bunch of people out of the woodwork. Yeah, you know, it was I haven't seen Kevin Windham in a long time. So I got to, I got to hang with Kevin. Um, obviously he was hanging with uh, Bradshaw, you know, me and Bradshaw yeah. worked with the Yamaha crew, but like there was a bunch of dudes, you know, like it's, it's really guys that you, like, but I haven't heard about him in, in 10 years or whatever this or five years or this or that. Or, I mean, I know J-Lock came out, bro. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's right. awesome. that. Did you guys, did you guys get him. down? I was looking for him. I it was, was sick, actually. Oh, dude, were you there when he was – were you there? You'd left the I, day before, right? I got in the day he got in, I think. Or I left the day he got in. So it would have been yeah. cool. Like, all that – all the all the, to see – I mean, it's, I haven't well, – I don't know who's seen Jason, but I personally haven't seen Jason since, like – 
I mean, his last year racing, which would have probably been 10 or so. So it's been a long time. So he was, we, we walked up and we were watching motos and then I was like, I was like, Oh, so this happened yesterday with Brownie. He's like, yeah, yeah. I watched the feed. So like he knew everything. He knew everyone where everyone qualified. Like he's such a legitimate fan of the, of the sport still, you know, like he's a funny dude. He was like, he was like Ribbon Malcolm. <laughs> He's like, you've raced four outdoor races in your entire career. Like, he was just ripping on everyone. It was, it was pretty cool to see. That's awesome. that, it's cool. It, I like that. I mean, look, I think there's, you know, I think what, if, these, if some of these guys that maybe have stepped out and haven't come back, in, haven't stepped back into the industry and they've been gone for five to 10 years or whatever, like, um, if they're, say, nervous or, you know, not sure how things are going to, uh, how they're going to be received when they, when they, when they step back in. But dude, it's not like that. They're, it, it's like guys, their eyes are this big around when you walk it, walk into the stadium or walk into the pits or walk, you know, down the starting straight at Loretta's like, dude, there's no way that's is that, is that Jason? Dude, we haven't seen him. And so it's really cool to see that and then fire back all the conversations and like him, him dishing it out. And I'm sure he can, you know, take it as, as well as he can dish it out, you know? So I think that's, what's really cool is just get, get back to the races and, and check it out. Cause there's no egos really involved anymore, especially for us for racing. You know, it's nice to see all those old dudes. It is. Oh, hundred, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got, and then you can it. realize, okay, he's still, a I don't like him. Oh, he did. He's totally <laughs> changed. I'm into him now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. But it, it's cool though, how it kind of makes full circle because dude, when you're racing, you, you really feel like, man, that guy would be so fun to go have beers with but or or whatever and hang out. But, the, the, you know, the, it's our sport is so competitive, as you know, and that's what I really liked when I retired from racing to to be able to go back and talk to guys like K-Dub and and just have that relationship or build that type of relationship where there's, you know, there's no animosity, there's no competition and because at the end of the day, we are all doing what we loved and we're racing against each other, but we're just normal humans, right? Well, and, and, uh, and I just... think you guys don't, like, you can't, like, we can't relate on the same level. Like, I've been to Bud's Creek, but I haven't gone 1-1 across the nations on a 250, you know? So it's like there's a, there's a different level of, like, relatability. And I think that if you guys walked around in your everyday life, never having talked to any of the boys that you went through this with it, it you're almost like the dudes that have been to war and you've just come back and there's like nobody around you that knows what it was like when you're in those trenches you know so like it would be sad for you guys to not have those friendships and um and and i know both of you guys like you're still very competitive like you still like to you know to talk smack with the boys and it's like mm-hmm. there's only a level that you can do that with and you got to be like one of those dudes to be on that level <laughs> right you got it hey, it can, it can get it, it can get nasty around the campfire around 10 30 11 it's oh it's, yeah it, we start dishing it out oh yeah big time big time hey uh jay so for the people, I mean, you got a massive following on uh, on Gypsy Tales, and you've done a fantastic job. We talked about it when we were uh, introing you in on the show. But like, explain to us. So you were shooting videos, and we got a short story for you for, to tell you guys once we're done. Uh, letting Jace tell his story and how he got up and how he came up with Gypsy Tales and all that. So, so you were doing videos. You're living here in the states, and you went back to to Oz, and uh, so like. How, like, how did you come up with Gypsy Tales and like, just give us the quick story. Um, it was kind of just born out of 
necessity in, in a weird way. So like, as you know, I was filming, I think my first trip over here was Parlour 2010 um, and then went to Motocross Nations and I was like filming the Aussie guys. It was like Matt Moss and uh, Brett Metcalf on the team. I was filming in Australia, so I had a bunch of footage of those guys. Um, so then I kind of added that to like the Red Bull broadcast of, you know, mm-hmm. the pool of footage. Um, and then, man, I was just like, dude, I love it here. Like I want to kind of be here and, and keep doing the filming thing. And then did that pretty much all the way up until 2018. Um, and then I just had a, got a weird dude at customs that just was not stoked on me being, <laughs> being there and said I was doing a bunch of stuff that I, I don't think that I was doing. And, um, and I ended up just basically getting the doors locked on me, um, and I had to kind of like figure out this whole deal to get back. And I, I ended up getting sick at the same time. So I was like going back and forward, which I think that's what made it look weird from on this guy's end. Um, but yeah, I literally just left, left America in like May 2018 and didn't really have a pathway to sort of get back here. My career here was done basically. And, um, and it, it's crazy. So Jeremy Malott from Red Bull, he, we're at, uh, Ryan Dungey homegrown shoot, the one in the cornfields. Yeah. And, um, and mm-hmm. so he, he said, he's like, dude, we, we need to get this voiceover with Dunge, but I want it to be like real natural, like almost podcast audio. So he literally gave me his Red Bull card and said, go to Guitar Center, get some mics and like, let's do, let's you do a podcast with him to like, we'll try and get this audio. And so we did like this two and a half or two hour podcast with me, Dunge and Adam LaRoche, the owner of the property. He was like a major league baseball guy. And um, yep, it was yep. unreal. It was like one of the coolest things I'd ever done in my life. And like, that's wow. how the podcast essentially started. Wait, wait, wait was this before um, you, you came across the dude in customs or was this right? Directly right, right before. So it was right, kind of like right before. And so like, I, I had my work visa for a while and then that ended. And then, there's all it's just things you have to do to like kind of get ducks in a row in America Mm -hmm. to kind of like get the visa that I was trying to get. So I was coming back and forward trying to get that happen basically. So it was just like a kind of crazy weird time. Um, But looking back on it now, I mean, it's probably one of the best things. It's almost a blessing, right? Oh, huge man. Yeah. It was, it was crazy the way that it worked out. And I mean, I had like no, literally no money, two cameras, the mics that the mics that I got through that, um through that red bull thing but dunge said to me after it um he was like man that was honestly one of the most enjoyable things i've done media wise and he said i think you should try and do this and um and i mean i really enjoyed it as well and i was a huge like podcast fan well i'd only ever listened to joe rogan basically so that to me was like what a podcast was so i was like i'll just do a podcast (laughs) and i was like he does it for three hours i'll do it for three hours and um and yeah i just got I had nothing else to do. I got super obsessed with making it work. And then ironically, it did so well that I was able to get a visa and come back five years later. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, wow. it's been a pr- pretty pretty crazy ride. And I'm definitely very, very grateful to uh, to be back here in the position that I'm in. Yeah, I mean, do you do a great job. You know, it being a long form, it's relaxed. You know, you kind of feel, I feel like the setting the way the way your approach it, it kind of makes the, you feel vulnerable you know and you feel like you can open up and i think that's mm-hmm. that's what you do who who was your first episode i mean are you talking about Dunge? i think that was for red bull but for straight up gypsy tail 
Malcolm McCassie and Nick Avenue. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. yeah, no way. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was crazy. So that I did that one pretty much right after Homegrown. I went back and I was like, all right, I'll try and do it. And um, and I actually drove to Vegas Monster Cup with Jeremy and Malcolm, and we were just telling stories the whole way. And then Jeremy's like, all right, this needs to be on the podcast. So then he came with Nick and, and then we did that. And then it was literally right after that. I basically, I think I sat on it for a few months because everything kind of went down um, and I ended up going home. Um, and then, yeah, it was like, it was kind of a weird time. Like Toby Price won the Dakar. So he came home, my brother manages him. So he came home and I was like, sweet, I'll get him on the podcast. And then my friend Harley Clifford, he's a monster athlete. He won his 10th wakeboard world championship. And I was like, oh, I'll get, get him on the show. And it, it sort of just kind of More. snowballed. And it was in, tw- yeah. like, this was early 2018 when um, when they've just it wasn't as big as, as what it is. So right time, right place, right people kind of thing. Perfect storm. Yeah. What, is there anything that you, I, I was like, what, what, is there one thing you don't like about, about what you do? Or do you love everything about it? Like, is there, is there one thing you'd be like, ah, oh, dude, I kind of don't like this part of it. I don't know. Like, I feel like you got to kind of take the good with the bad. Like, there's definitely some stuff. I think a lot of people don't have, a lot of people often, well, when, you, when you're getting millions of views every single month, like, you can't control who watches it, you know? And there's some people where I'm like, hey, bro, this isn't for you don't tune in, but it's on YouTube every single day, whether you're subscribed or not, like that comes up on people's feed. So, but even that, I'm just like, you know what? It's good for the sport. Like it's good to have opinions. It's good to like someone. It's good to not like someone, but yeah, honestly, I just feel extremely lucky to do what I do. And I, I love to, um, like, I, I, I like to try and be like a positive force in the, in the sport as well. And, add something a little bit different, give a bit of a different lane. And I think even like the YouTube stuff, like I think I probably people didn't really see the value in YouTube um, until the podcast started doing as good. And that I think it's great that there's a lot more guys that are doing a lot more stuff on YouTube now. Um, And, and cause I've, I've just always, I'm a fan of other sports, you know, and I was like, man, moto doesn't have this moto doesn't have this. And, and um, so, yeah, to me, it's like a really fun project of like, how can we kind of build this thing up? And hopefully the sport comes up with it in a sense, you know, if I do like my stuff over here, right. Yeah, I think, I think it's good too being in the position that, that you're in, um, you know, that you can, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, but there's, I, I wouldn't think there's a ton of politics being that you're on your, you know, you can kind of call no. the shots and direct your show the way you want to direct it, have the guests you want to have um, right. and really drive the show where you, the vision that you see it, where you see it going, um, which I think is, is, which is something, you know, unique. Obviously one thing about our sport is, is if you have that niche, you can, you can make something, you know, happen just like your story and, and how it started, it started off with a Red Bull gig. And then they're like, oh, well, let's, let's do this. And, you know, it just a perfect storm thing. But you can make it work. And like Ricky asked, what do you hate about it? I, you know, I could look at maybe in your position, the you don't like, you don't do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. And like, you, you, I get asked you're not owned by anyone, right? I mean, you have partners, but you're n- no conflicts, if you will, to RV's point, 
right? Yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah, totally. Yeah, but I think too, though, like I definitely, there's like an internal responsibility that comes with that though. So I think that like, hey, we there's definitely people that post videos on YouTube talking about our sport that like there's no politics. They're not owned by anyone and they're saying some way out there stuff. So yeah, I yeah. think there's, there's definitely like a, a responsibility that, that comes with having an audience. And I probably like, there's probably a couple things that I regret, like maybe not me saying, but the guest saying, and then me maybe not like filtering that out, but it, you know, it was, it was a while ago. Um, but yeah, you I live think, and learn, dude. You live. Yeah, and yeah. But I think that over time, when you realize, like, okay, there's a lot of people listening. This has yeah. influence. Like, JH is even texting so be like, don't say that. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, fair enough. So yeah, I think, uh, I think too. Like, I mean, the, now that you you have so many episodes under your belt, and you, I mean, the following that you have, and I think now i mean yeah you can still speak freely but you still do it respectfully you know what you're you're entitled to your own opinion uh you may not believe in what everyone does you might believe in what some, one person does over the other person but i think that there's a way to and you've done a great job at this a way to get your message across and your feeling without being condescending or disrespectful i i i think personally like what you do that's the way to go and, you know, because you can say what you need to say and it not come across or, like I said, be condescending or disrespectful, you know. And the thing is, I'm down to be wrong, too. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I'm definitely, um, you know, yeah. and like I've texted you at times asking you what yeah. you think about stuff. Yeah. And it's like, and, you know, I never I never want to come across like I, I know everything or I always feel like I'm right. Like right now, I'm my, my, uh, my hobby horse that I'm riding is like, we should limit scoop tires to like only certain tracks because I get feedback mm. from riders that say, I wish we didn't have to use a scoop today, but the starts rip so deep. So like, you know, that's my, that's my little hobby horse that I'm on right now. It's like, I'm down to be wrong, you know? And like, I ain't going to, I'm not going to chuck my toys out of the cot. If no one listens to me, it's just, it's my opinion, something I've noticed, what I'm thinking about, I'm going to talk about it and it gets other people talking as well, you know? That's right. Um, mm -hmm. uh, last question uh, before we before we let you go, we do we're super appreciative. This has been an epic, uh, epic, epic show. So we we did a fox photo shoot right in Costa Rica. <laughs> we want to tell the story. It's dude, it's kind of sad. Like it, it shook me. I gotta tell you, dude. I was rattled. All what we're gonna share with you guys, it it messed me up for the rest of the day. So we're we're in Costa Rica. You 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 know what? This is what I always say. You were, I'm not good at telling stories, whether it was about me or whatever it might. So you tell, you tell everyone tuning in today, uh, what, what the story was, where we were given the whole background. Go so this it. is where me and Ricky, we, we really like, we, we trauma bonded. <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're in Costa Rica on, on a Fox shoot and I'm, it was a slog. I think it was one of the last days. And yeah. so we'd, we'd shot this motocross thing. We, I, we were walking this like, seventy thousand dollar drone through the jungle like this it was a it was an experience this whole this whole trip and so austin faulkner was there on a super mini you were there uh and uh, one of the last days we we're doing like this kind of trail riding stuff like trying to get these shots of them riding down by the river and we were walking for hours. we were walking the boys were riding and we were walking through this jungle for hours and hours and we're like when is this gonna end and that was like there's a resort at the end of this road. And we're like, no, there's going, going. And we, dude, we're going through, I didn't, I don't want to, we're going no, through, you, 
we are going like up these mountains that are rocky, like, and our bikes aren't great, right? Okay. And you got to go back to whatever year that was. And like GPS was spotty, cell service was spotty. And I'm just like, dude, there's no way we're getting any good footage. There were no, there was like no GoPro footage and you guys were following us right on the trail. Everything was so narrow. So like to get a shot was almost impossible. And, the dog uh, yeah. I mean, that. you go back to the drones back then. You remember the drones back then? The, the <laughs> propellers are like that long, dude. They were so long, but go ahead. Go ahead. The anxiety, the anxiety that you would feel when that thing was in the air was out of control because it was literally seventy thousand dollars. And so yeah. we've all stopped at this point. The whole we're like, all right, everybody, we're on the walkie-talkies. Let's gather together. Like, let's meet up at this point. So we're just standing there chilling, and then we just hear this. <laughs> we're all like, what is that? <laughs> and so there's this cow that's just laying with like this this stiff neck just frozen and we're just like oh no this thing's cooked so we sort of like went over and we're like rubbing it and trying to like see what the deal is with it and rc's like i'm telling you bud that thing's done like it's on its way done and so and so we were in this spot awkwardly standing for maybe like half an hour like and waiting for everyone to kind of like come back together and this thing's just dying we're in the middle of nowhere right you're like we're looking at each other and you can tell it's it's laboring and you're like dude man like is it is it maybe it's just hot like who who knows and we're like yeah we're like petting it rubbing like just trying to comfort it massaging it oh like (laughs) it wasn't gonna matter anyways but i'm telling you Jace, that that messed me up, bro. It was heavy, it and it just up. let out this. It let out this one big final croak, and pfft, that was yeah. it. <laughs> it was like we were all just kind of looking at each other. You gotta, you gotta think, dude. Like we are in the middle of Costa Rica in the mountain country, like no service, nothing. Just all of us just sitting here. We were young at the time, and just like, dude, what? Like the, the conditions weren't great. And we're watching this poor cow take its last uh, breath. And it was, yeah, it was, it was messed up, dude. Maybe dude, you should was, have put him out of his misery sooner. Uh, we were talking about it. We were literally like, has anyone got a knife? And then RC's like, bro, that's way too gnarly. You can't do that. And then I'm like, well, we could. I was like, we can't break his neck. It's not a chicken. Like. <laughs> dude, rem- remember, I still got pictures of Forkner. Remember how little he was then, dude? Like Tiny, he's dude. falling asleep at, at, at dinner and stuff. He was literally a kid. I, oh, oh yeah, that was that was one of the most random things in my entire life. And I remember being like, oh, I probably would have been like 20, 20 something at the time, and just being like, this is easily the most random day of my life. Like once right. that cow died, who, I was like, this take this this is it. Who was on that trip with us? You, me, Forkner, uh Wes Williams, Fox, Wes Williams, Chris Kramer. Yeah, Chris. Um, who else was on there? We had someone doing photos as well. Yeah, yeah. But everyone, yeah, was... yeah, everyone had their their own kind of their own like plan, not plan, but uh, their own duty of what they needed to do, just because just trying to be super organized. But that was back when like it was um, that was back. Fox was like on a big like like. They, they were in all sports. Remember, they were in surf and all that fun stuff. So, oh, then we went to uh, Ernesto's party. Remember, That's it was his right. mom's 50th birthday. His mom's 50th birthday. And we, we were singing Bohemian Rhapsody karaoke. <laughs> Dude, do you remember? Hey, 
Hey, RV. So, so I don't know if you remember this, Jace, but I mean, Ernesto was gas, dude. He was so blown out and he's running into me and in, with his, in his wheelchair. Right. And like slapping me and hitting me like, <laughs> you know, and, the, and, and the parts where he didn't need to be hitting me. I'm like, dude, stop, dude. And he kept on and he kept on. And I had to like, listen, dude, do it one more time. It's about to go down. You out of your wheelchair, bro. I'm telling you right <laughs> now. And he just kept going, going, going. Dude, he was so faded. But it was fun. That he is. I think he's the only dude that spoke English at that party. Other oh, than that, for, really? for sure. And the, his granddad kept giving me what did he call it, contrabando or something like that. And it was dude. like it was like the moonshine. I was wasted. And then we drove. We drove home. You remember when we drove back? We had like the bus that we were driving around in and Costa Rica had just won a soccer game. Do you remember? And we were driving. No, I don't, I don't remember. Dude, we're driving home and they just won a, a soccer game and it took like an hour to get home because the streets, dude, it was like a, like a celebration, you know, like people were on roofs and they were like Costa Rican flags everywhere. Police were just driving around with their lights on just for the hell of it. It was, Dude. that was, a, it was a sick Hey, trip. we'll have to, you guys uh, tuning in today, uh, you have to, we'll have to see if Curly has some pictures of that. I mean, the guy's a picture, he takes pictures everywhere we go. So we'll have to uh, post that up on our, uh, post it up on our Instagram. Let's pay some bills. We've got to thank um, United Motorsports for being a great partner. Uh, Ray Butts, uh, he's a massive player over there. He was on our, uh, he was on our trip. Uh, he, uh, he's a hell of a rider, but anyhow, um, United Motorsports, uh, they are a fantastic company, six dealers across Kentucky and Ohio. Check them out, check them out online, unitedmotorsports.com. Then of course, we've got Quadlock Case. We're going to have a Quadlock Case question of the week coming up for you. Go to quadlockcase.com. Then of course, Boxo USA. Hopefully, uh, you guys that were at Loretta's got to see their setup. They gave uh, two boxes out to all the champions. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Love what Boxo is doing. You can check them out at boxousa.com. And remember, uh, promo code is TITLE24 for 10% off everything site-wide. Check them out. Um, and you can get uh, 10% off. I know everyone likes to save a little bit of cheddar. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Bring spring color inside this season with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. Or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with durable colors that last all season with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
as we get into racing, we're going to bring Jace back in. And uh, RV, we got some questions. This one comes from Tank Eater. He says, does Hunter still go 450 next year if Deegan wins the title? Uh, RV, you go first. Does Hunter go 450 if, if, if Deegan, Deegan wins, the wins the title? Honestly, um, you know, that's a tough one. I think that uh, I'm just guys. You think he stays back if he didn't win and Hunt and, and Hayden won? I think if he doesn't win and Hayden wins, and I'm looking at it from a revenue standpoint and, and championship standpoint, you got Jet already up there. Um, for Hunter to think or for anybody to think that when Hunter jumps up, jumps up in his rookie year, that he's going to now beat a one year into the ser- a one year into his 450 career Jet, I think that's a long shot, um, very very long. Um, so I, I do know that it's it's kind of time for him to to move up. So it's it's. That's a hard question. I don't know if I can give you a, give you a, a straight answer. Maybe Jace has got you know a Jace? different way of, of 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 looking at it. You know, so uh, it's tough. I don't know. I don't know what I would do because I'm looking at it from the revenue standpoint. And Hunter should win a lot of races and probably both championships next year, also in the lights class. What are you hearing, Jace? I mean, well, number one, do you think Hunter stays goes to 450 if Deegan wins? Like, what what are you hearing, and what would what do you think? I think that if if Hayden Deegan wins this title, I'm getting out of Dodge. <laughs> if, <laughs> I like that. I like if, that. If I'm Joe Shimoda, I'm getting out of the 250 class. If I'm <laughs> if I'm RJ, I'm getting out of the 250 class. I think that what you've seen with him in the last 12 or 10 months is just a kid that has just grown in confidence. And I, I sent a message to Brian. Oh, months ago. And I just, because, you know, they're competitive and they're, they're wanting to win, but I, I think they're doing it smart. But I just said to him, man, like, just let the kid get second. Because imagine that kid getting second in his rookie year and then Hunter does move up to the 450 class. Then what? What is, what's in Hayden's brain? Well, I'm going to win every single moto. That's the only dude that could beat me. And he's gone. So I'm going to win everything. So, I mean, I, I think that, win or lose this year, then Deegan's going to be so insanely full of confidence. And then, I mean, you mm. guys spoke about it last time, but the that ride at Washougal, I mean, I was there and you could literally see it. Like you didn't even have yep. to look at a lap time. You didn't need to know anything from a timing and scoring perspective. Like that dude was on something, you know, like he flipped the switch and went crazy. And I think that was a career-defining point in his life. And and to think about that as well, he had his worst weekend of his career one week earlier. Right. He so you, you think about what it takes to rebound from having the red plate, losing the red plate. Like most rookies, that would kind of melt their, you know, yeah. melt them You're down. Right. And and he he went to another level. So I think... I think, and to speak on Hunter, it's like, I think he's probably ready. I think he's probably better on a 450. I think we saw Jet be better on a 450. I think that there's a riding style that those guys have been working on for years and years and years and years, and it really lends itself to a 450. And I think that, you know, Jet Jet was really eager to make that jump. And I think they knew things we didn't know. You know, they, they, they knew like this translates well to a 450. And I think that Hunter will be 
thinking that same thing. So I think Hunter's probably going to want to leave. I think Deegan's probably going to be the man. Um, so yeah, that, that would be take. my take on it. That, dude, that, that's, that's a hell of a take. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I, I, I don't think I disagree with you because to what you said, I personally think, and I have been, I, I've loved the progression. We've talked about it a million times. I'm not going to talk about it anymore just for time's sake. But, dude, the guy has answered the bell every time, and he's and Deegan is only going to be better next year. You know, without yeah. outside of an injury, he is only only going to be better. You've seen it time and time again. He proved himself in Supercross, and he's proven himself in Motocross. He gets better, and he rebounds. He doesn't make the same mistake twice very often, and that's – that's massive. Um, hey, MX Racer ninety eight Y his Instagram. Will Roxon end the streak at Unadilla? So I heard that he's not racing mm. Unadilla now. Uh, you two go, Jace. You go first this time. If uh, he just, races, if he races, does he beat Jet? Uh, well, Jet. If you look at a track, Jet didn't do well at last last year. It was Unadilla. Like that was a bit of a bad weekend for him. But again, I think like. There's just something to be said for what he can do on a 450. Like, let's be honest, 250s are slow. Like, in comparison, what you have to do, the way you have to ride it, where you have to be in the power. I mean, any, I'm a vet rider, and it's like I get on a 250 and I'm like, dude, you're an idiot. <laughs> but it's like this where you got to ride the bike, you know. I'm like, I need to be slower and lower gears. And I think that, so in my head, I'm like, is Unadilla a bad track for Jet? Or is Unadilla a track that on the 250 with the way that you got to ride it, it's just not the way that um, it just doesn't jive with him, you know? But yeah, I think at this point in the season with the amount of motos that he's won, I think that if you were a person that was betting and you put money, you would be an idiot to bet against Jet. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Yeah. What do you think, RV? So if, 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 yeah, if and- lines up. I I think to to Jace's point about Unadilla to ride a 250 there, um, some of these 250s, you know, or 250 riders, you really got to ring the neck of the motorcycle, and you can't bury it, but you got to be riding that ragged edge to really go fast. Where you, you know, watch Jet now that he's on the 450, he's very methodical. Um, he doesn't have to be, you know on the rev limiter or just wide open everywhere. He's very, he's very methodical on where he goes, his line selection, his roll speed. So I personally, maybe he didn't do good last year at Unadilla, but I, I consider Unadilla a track where, where Hunter and Jet can do very, very well because it's so wide. There's, you could, there's, there's, there's lots of lines to choose from. The, to be creative on that track is pretty easy to do because – um, because of how wide it is and just the way the track's laid out. It's one of my favorite tracks to race is Unadilla. So I think we see yeah. – I don't think anybody beats him at Unadilla. I just think the way – how he rides the motorcycle, the speed he can go, and then being on a track like that and uh, and, and now on a 450, I think you're really going to be able to see him. Um, I don't think it's going to be a race. I think he's just going to tiptoe out there looking like he's doing some ballerina out there and, and it's, it's gonna wax everybody <laughs> right hey this like do you ever feel guys like do you ever feel like we're trying to make or, or pe- the, the industry is trying to make up scenarios or stories of why like making up stories of how jet might get beat or this person might get beat rather than just looking at the cold hard facts because sometimes I feel like that, dude. I'm to the point now. Just but do, I you've got to in a, in a sense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. my, 
so like I'm I'm the, I'm in a very lucky position right now. Like so, if it wasn't an Australian, I would be the dude that would be looking for the thing, the for the reasons why you know. But me, I'm just like waving my flag and I'm like, go Jet, go Hunter. But you know, like as a sport, we kind of have to, you know. And like on the broadcast, it's like, can it be today? But I will say, like, I was in the truck at Washougal with the boy. They didn't like that. Not that they didn't like that mm. track. That's a difficult track for them, you know? So it's like, that was a real storyline. Like, I think that if Jet lost the moto at Washougal, he would have come straight out and said, like, oh, well, it's got to end sometime. Like, this is a hard track for mm. me. So it's like, the dude is human. He can lose. Yeah. But it's like, you- as a as a sport, you know, and as an analyst, like, you got to look for those what if scenarios you know but it's like we've but then i think at the same time like there has to be a balance of hey what we're watching is really really special and and i think there's been some comments like oh jet's not changing the game and you know he's not he's not doing what other guys before him have done and man i completely disagree like loretta's this week it was like the jet lawrence effect and like people were saying it over the 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 PA it's like oh he's riding this line like Jet Lawrence dudes were like the tunnel jump after the finish guys are like doubling down the you know and everyone's doubling bumps like I mean the kid is changing the sport and and I think that so there's the, from my perspective there's got to be a balance between like let's look for the storylines where like he can potentially get beat because we need to talk about those but also let's enjoy absolute brilliance that this family has they've been working towards this for years and the commitment to technique and never letting your kid go out there and send it and always working on drills, working in, in the quiet. Like they're, they're really doing some cool stuff. And I think, so I think we need to have a balance between enjoying what we're seeing and also finding the holes in the game because they are there. Hey, for both. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Hey, uh, RV, uh, Cody Simons 23 says, I, I, I really, I'm looking forward to your answer on this. Is Jet's style more of an advantage in motocross or will we see the same dominance in supercross? I'm going to say there's no advantage on either side. I think his, his technique, the way he rides a motorcycle is going to very much suit him in supercross. If not, if not, maybe even more. I think the kid is, I think what, he, what you see, what I see when he rides, he's just very, very precise. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He learns from them right away. Um, and I think it translates to out, outdoors too. Now I know that tracks are different. They just, you know, they get beat up, they get rough. And, and sometimes to ride outdoors fast, you don't look pretty. Um, I mean, Ricky, you weren't pretty riding. I wasn't very pretty. Kevin was a very pretty rider. Hunter and Jet, they're, they're pretty riders. Eli's not a pretty rider. I don't think, um, there's some guys that have to hang it out there to do that speed. And there's other guys that just do it like um, it's like poetry in motion almost, you know? So I don't see a difference in supercross and motocross. I think he, what we see of jet right now, he's going to come into supercross um, the same, if not better. And, and we'll have Eli back in the mix um, for supercross. So that's going to be, you know, you can have the, 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 the new dog and the old dog coming in. And uh, and finishing it off and fighting for that championship. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be an insane Supercross season, to be honest, with oh, those two. It'll be wild. Dude, oh, and the playoffs. Be... Oh, I'm excited for the playoffs. Yeah. Like, yeah I... We have Cooper on a different bike. Like, how insane is that? That you see a dude start a Supercross season on one bike and then essentially finish the Supercross season on another bike. And it's like, and it's all above board. It's all, that's how it's going I... down, you know? 
you know what to 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 like kind of expand on that and coop being on a different bike for the uh playoffs it got me thinking i was i was thinking about this the other day of just like you take that monster energy star yamaha team dude they're gonna have eli and they're gonna have coop okay dude i i feel like that that is a powerhouse team because you know Coop's going to want to be putting it to Eli. You know Eli is not going to want to settle and be the second man on the team. I think that Jet's going to be Jet. And assuming Hunter moves up and Joe takes his spot, I feel like Honda, HRC, and Yamaha, I feel that those that's a, that's a, that's some serious powerhouse teams right there, dude. I mean, oh, Matt. Just dude. think about it's for me it's the most exciting like this is why i love my job because it's like this is the most exciting time i think supercross has, has ever had like to, to that point in two teams you've got four dudes that are as gnarly as it gets and then you they can win all of them can all, win. The, all the other teams you know and it's like we've never seen a perfect season in supercross so i guess to that like maybe the question before it's like, I don't think it'll be as easy for Jet in Supercross. Like, we've never seen a perfect season. Like, we've seen three in the outdoors, maybe Dude. four. And it's You're like, right. we've never had one in Supercross. And it's like, the, there's just something about that sport. And I think it's why we all love it so much. And it's why people all over the world love it. Is that, like, you really don't know who is going to win. And it's like, this year coming up, like, even the playoffs, man, like, that is going to be an insane ride. Hey, RV, I don't, dude, RV, I, I, you talk about, that was great, Chase, like undefeated Supercross, what is it, 17 rounds? We have Emic to thank for that, by the way, we should give him his flowers. Like, I don't, in this day, and because there's so much parody, dude, I, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think anyone can go undefeated in in 450 Supercross. I'm going to go ahead and say, you think, RV? I don't think no, so. No, I don't think with the amount of races that, yeah, I mean, I think, I, I, I don't know, in the time, I know it's 20 minutes, it's just one gate drop. I think there's a different, I, from when I would go for Supercross, Supercross for me was, and, and probably for you too, but like, I would much rather line up outdoors and go and race because I knew I had 30 plus two, it's about 35 mm. minutes, you get two gate drops, I can still get the overall, it doesn't mean I'm going 1-1 one, one both times and I'm getting, tw- you know, 24 no. But to, to the point of our, our conversation, is it's a perfect season. But I feel like it is easier to win outdoors than it is to win Supercross for whatever reason. Yeah, I agree 120%. I'm just going to have to you... take your word for that, Ron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I know, there's so. There's just dude. a whole different set of pressure. And there's you go down to the stadium floor. And, and I mean, I don't know. It's just I know everybody shows up at outdoors ready and, 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 and they're and – they're, their their reaction time on the gates really no different from supercross to outdoors but for whatever reason you line up at supercross the weight of of lining up down on the floor for a main event um going in and racing for wins or a championship is i just feel is like it's almost du- I, it's almost double the pressure of going outdoors for whatever reason well you think about like just just think about it from like a square footage perspective so like let's go red bud You've got 40 bikes on like how many thousands of square feet. And then you shrink that down to this little shoe box and you put 20 guys on now hundreds of square feet. Like even from that Mm. perspective, it's like, that's a minefield dude. And you guys are getting Mm. up into lappers in, you know, in 
in no time. And it's like, that that's a problem that can never be solved. Like the, your lap yep. is really great riders, you know? So I just think like just the variables, the amount of bikes in that super small area, it's like, it's just, it's one of the gnarliest sports on, on the planet. Yeah. That was a good one. Thanks, Cody. <laughs> Cody Simons, 23. That, that was good. That was a good question. It like, it yeah, it was. Things. I, I, yeah, I just, this day and age to your guys's point, like RV a hundred percent lock you're, you're spot on. And of course, Jace as well, like square footage. I mean, everything's just so tight and dense and super cross. You, the, the margin of error is so mm. tight and super cross. It just, it, it's hard. And, and RV to RV's point, you don't have time to, you know, peel back the onion and you don't, it just, the dude, the 20 minutes is over before you know it. And these guys are so good. So, and then you start pushing it. And super cross one little slip and the whoops and it's game over dude you got tough blocks maybe, right maybe, yeah i mean maybe it just comes down to like guys like i always felt like outdoors i could i could never not follow somebody i always could find a line but supercross you're only you're subject to about 12 foot 12 feet or 14 feet wide essentially right so and it, it, and then you do get lines that get completely blown out and so it's not even an option i know outdoors has that but we're dealing with sometimes we're dealing with 20 20 foot wide parts of tracks, you know, Unadilla, for example, that we're going to this weekend, really big and wide, mm. really, you know, uh, just, you, you have lots of, lots of opportunity for, for line selection. You never have to follow. And maybe that's why the pressure was a little bit harder to Jason's point, the lappers. I mean, some of these guys, some of these tracks were into lappers within, within eight minutes. And, you know, and, and now you got to deal with the minefield in front of you. Plus, keep the guys off, uh, you know, off your, t uh, you know, breathing down your neck, um, trying to make that pass. Hey, uh, Cody, thanks for, uh, thanks for that question. You get the uh, quad lot question of the week. Jace, you know all about quad lot. They are your fellow Australians. They do a killer job, by the way. They um, do do a good love, job. Yeah, they do. They, they are just like spot on, dude. Their marketing and just how they approach things, the, the you know, the athletes that they hire, just do they, they're marketing geniuses and, the, and they make great products. So Cody Simons, slide into our DM and uh, we'll get you dialed in for some uh, free quad lock uh, stuff. So uh, I, I guarantee you will love you will love what they are producing. So uh, thank you very much for being a fan of Title 24, listening and watching. We appreciate you. Um, for the SMX rounds, Jace, are you going to all of them? Uh, the first, maybe the um, Charlotte and the last one. Maybe I'll go to all three. I'm actually on a bit of a, I'm on a bit of a press conference mission at the, at this point. That's one of the, um, that's one of the areas of the game that I think our sport really needs to develop. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that it's it's got to be, it's got to be from the media side maybe the rider side a, a little bit. I think the riders, when they're in there and they're get, getting asked good questions, I think they do an awesome job. I think we saw that at Washougal. That was really great press conference. Um, but I think as a sport, we're leaving a lot on the table there. So I personally would like to go um, just to sort of like be a part of trying to help out in, in that way, you know. Jace, do you think it's a, uh, more of a, a professional look the way the way our press conferences are i mean i personally i always thought that not every single press conference by the way but like anaheim one when we have our big press conference when kenny showed up in his suit like four or five years ago like i, I was so. like yeah i was at first i'm like man i kind of i don't know like i don't know if i agree with that but then on the other hand i started looking at him like 
every major sport does that. If we're trying to compete and be like uh, basketball, Completely football, agree. baseball, a- a- anything, big leaguers like that, um, our major press conference, like looking back on it, I'm like, that was a, he was a trendsetter then. And I think that's what, honestly, that's what all of our manufacturers should make the riders do, or the riders should just do on the, want to do on their own instead of wearing our, and look, I know we got to wear our, our Completely t-shirts. Agree. They're a little cheesy. They're just, you know, they're plastered, but that's what it is. I get it. That it, it works for, um, down and dirty press conferences or interviews and things like that. Trackside, gotta have it. Don't don't change that. But for our for our our press conference that leads everything off, that's the start of our entire season. Um, I think they should dress up in suit and ties, man. Well, I think I think I mean I I completely agree. Maybe not not so much suit and ties. I think the what I would say is I think you should dress how you want to dress, like express yourself. I would like to see Aaron Plessinger yep. come in a flannel with like a Red Bull and a KTM <laughs> logo and a cowboy hat, <laughs> you know, and then, yeah, some sleeves cut off. And then I think Kenny should rock up in a suit and I think Jet should rock up in like whatever $500 stupid shirt that he bought. I think Deegan should rock <laughs> up, you know, I think Deegan should rock up wearing whatever. Sorry, they've got some alarm going off. Um, but yeah, so I think uh, I think every that that should be the chance, and I think manufacturers should go like, all right, this is your grace period. Let's decorate it with a Yamaha, you know, pin or like. There's ways to make it your own, but I think, man, like for some of the some of the sports that I follow and really enjoy, I mean, dude, I'll be watching a UFC, watch the main event, and then while I'm watching that, I've got my iPad going because the press conference is going. And I think that there's so much juice that comes out of that. But I think in, in, in our sport, it's, it's multifaceted, but I think like maybe us as media need to get together and say like, hey, let's not just try and steal our one-on-one what happened this weekend. Maybe there's a way where it's like, ask all your questions at the press conference. Don't be doing the one-on-one mic thing. If I ask the question, I clip it for my channel. You can't clip it for your channel. And then you get your quote, like, let's figure out a way to come together. Maybe it'd stoke the writers out more. Maybe it'd force the promotion to put more and more effort into it. So I think maybe like a bit of a joint effort, you know, kind of like a rising tide floats all boats kind of scenario. And I think that we could really create something super cool and give fans more of an inside look and create like the content that can live off from that you guys playing it you know clips on on your show reacting to it i think that yeah we're, we're leaving a, a lot on the table so i guess that i kind of took over the question there but um yeah i think no, you're good. i would like to go to the playoffs just to be a part of that and do what i can to like try in that in that area mm. also watch them go racing yeah 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 dude no i i i love what you're I love what you're talking about. I think that'd be great. Uh, RV to your point. I like, I like when I was at first, I was like, when Kenny showed up in a suit, I'm like, ah, that, that's it, it. I wouldn't even say it was weird. It was just like, I, I think I was caught off guard. I didn't yeah, I exactly. know that it I was, it was about it. I was just like, but then it was cool. Right. Yeah. It caught everybody off guard. We, we weren't expecting it. You know, that's the biggest mm-hmm. thing. It's like, Whoa. Okay. But I think that afterwards we've, you're like, we've only good. seen it worked it. out. We've only seen it once, though, and I think that's kind of sad. So I think that there's mm. something. So if that's what he wanted to do, and then we never saw it again, there's a reason. Something's 
happened to where either he felt he couldn't do it or maybe the industry reaction. So that's where I think it's like a group effort to be like, let's maybe let a few things, you know, let's, let's experiment. Let's no wrong answers here. And, um, and, you know, see if, see if we can kind of, I don't know, maybe, I, I just think it's a part of a big part of sports, like really growing, you know? Well, and I think we're in a great spot too with, For with, sure. the, with the, with the characters and the athletes uh, and their personalities that we have with, with the Lawrence brothers and the story that's behind it. You know, you got Kenny from Germany. I mean, it is, you know, the, all these world athletes and then you got um, Hayden Deegan as well. The, dude, there's just so much meat to tag on to. And we've got it. We do. I I think the the better that we can take advantage of that, it's going to help everybody. It's going to help the riders. It's going to help the sport. And we'll get the attention and the dollars that we've all number one deserve for the risk, especially the riders that they take and everyone's hard earned time. So I agree with you. I think we're in a unique spot for sure. Well, we have a lot of characters right now. And I think our sport hasn't had a lot of characters maybe Mm -hmm. ever. I mean, compared to what we have right now, you got AP, you got both Hunter and Jet you know, doing a good job. You have, you have Joe and then you have the AP, you have the D and, you know, so I think there's a lot of characters that, that need to, to their personalities really need to come out because I think we've all, I know I lived in a box, um, wasn't the funnest guy to be around kind of a lot of the same answers. It's very changed monotone. A lot, yeah. it's, it's changed, changed so a lot for the I, better. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Without, without a doubt. Without a what, doubt. What, what was it, Ryan, that, did stop you like did you feel a weird pressure to be a certain way or you were just like so in the grind that it wasn't you just didn't even have the extra bandwidth because like I could see it going so many different ways um as for the retirement part no like as to I guess why you got cool when you retired and why you felt oh, like you had I, a bit I, of I mean I, yeah I think I, I don't know I don't think I think um I mean, I think my mom and dad weren't super outgoing people, like, you know, um, not in a bad way, but they just, we kind of did our own thing. Um, and that's kind of, that's how I was a lot as, as coming up. And then also too, I think, um, I guess I didn't know, number one, I didn't know my call it power or the, or what, how much I actually mm. could persuade things, um, e- even as much as to the race team side of it. Um, I thought I had to kind of, you know, live in this box. I've only ever watched interviews on, you know, like watching Supercross and Motocross, and this is this is how you do it, right? I mean, this is that's why, I, you know, I you're following grew up, the blueprint kind of thing. Yeah, following yeah. the blueprint so much, and without, you know, like I said, my dad or my mom wasn't like, oh, you need to do this, or you need to be, you know, you be more like this. My dad was always for you need to give the interviews, and you need to you need to be, you know, available for the media and things like that. Don't ever turn anybody down, you know, things like that. But as for trying to be my own person or my own character just wasn't, um, I don't know. I, I didn't know how to do it, I guess would be the best thing. And then once I retired, like I didn't have a lot of anybody to really answer to. And that's where, you know, I like to have fun. I like to go out and go to Loretta's and stay out late every now and then, or, you know, just go mingle and be with, be, you know, be with good people, good conversation. And, and wherever that leads us is where it leads us. And I can have, you know, I'll go and, I'll, I'll go till the sun comes up if we need to, if the group's going, let's go <laughs> yeah. um, type thing, you know? And I think that's where I kind of have learned myself more being retired. Mm. Um, wish I could have done it while racing, because I think if I would have had this mentality while racing, 
I think my value and I would have learned to have a lot more fun with it and not, um, not look to say, got to go back to the farm on Monday and go train. I got to run on Sunday when I get home, me and Eldon got to go, got to go running for 20 minutes, get back on the road bike on in the morning. I just, I, I never could unplug. And I think that's just what burned me out. Same. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, think too, Jason. I think, I think too. Like, and and I, I could, I think that it was probably the same for RB. I, I think we're just we're so programmed to win, and when you when, when you're like that, the the mental side of it, not not even so much the physical side, just the mental side, dude. You're so burnt out, and you're just so whipped mentally. At least that's how it was for me. That dude, when the season, when the last race of the season was over. I felt a massive weight lifted off my shoulders, mm. not even physically, just mentally. I'm like, just oh really. my gosh. Right. And it, it, dude, it's just, things are different. The style of riding is different now than it was when RV and I were, were racing and, and, and having our, you know, our great seasons. It's just these guys, you know, like it's not, it's all, they want to win too, but I just think it's different. Like they're okay with a second or third. At least it seems like that, or they're, I should say they're content with being on the box where I feel like RB and I championship wise, we were okay with being on the box, but damn, we wanted to win 120%. I just think there's just a, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just a different time. I don't think that our way was the wrong way. Um, It's just, I, I do wish that I could have, lived in a time like what these guys are living in i think it would have been fun i think we should have embraced it a little bit more but if we would have i don't know maybe maybe we wouldn't have been as dominant it's just it's so hard i I can speculate i don't know yeah yeah and i think i think a lot of it's a generational it's a generational thing or an era thing right like Mm. we me and ricky came up not far apart and our dads were very similar now we're seeing this whole next generation come up and and yeah. I can, I was talking to somebody at Loretta Lynn's about it. Like my dad wouldn't give me the silent treatment from Loretta's to back to Washington, which is like 35 hours. A long, if, long ride. Long drive. Long it's ass long ride. Yeah. Drive like, uh, yeah, it's a long drive. So, but, but we went there for like, and this is where I see myself being different with my kids is we went there for a reason, which if I brought my kids, I'm going there for a reason too. And if I got to get on them or be really hard on them, and or if they did something wrong or screwed up or made a stupid mistake um i think what this next from what i kind of see this next generation or the kids we see at loretta's now is is you've got to have that hard line in the sand about getting on Mm. them really telling them what they did wrong i mean i'm talking even if it's yelling and it's screaming and it's 15 minutes of that and then after that you draw the line of the sand okay now let's go have let's go have dinner as a family or let's go get in the creek and this is, but I'm done talking about it. We're, we're done um, unless you do it again, but you got to be able to let it go. Um, and, and I think that's where, like, when I came up was hard because like fuck, or my dad on Monday would be, would, would be still bummed. Right. And it's like, you know, you're 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. It made me who I was today. It made me tough. It made me push harder. So I wouldn't, but it's heavy. Wanted it kid. really. Yeah, it's heavy in it. And I think you can have both. You can have the best of both worlds. You and can. that is is being really hard on them and then and then okay stopping it and then okay let's move on we're not going to talk about it again let's go get dinner let's, you know that's whatever we're going to do go in the river at loretta's let's go have a good time um but you know you did do these things and these were what were wrong and we got to talk about them first then we can move on yeah and and i think uh, i think nowadays you know like you guys were just part of this evolution you know like you look back at 
you, you look back at history and, and, you know, you, you can see why things were the way they were and then what come after them. And it's like, you had Ricky, then you had you guys and Dunge and, you know, so there's like this sort of slow evolution and, and it all makes sense why it is that way. But I think like we're, we're blessed now as a sport, like you guys said, we've got all this personality. We've got all this talent. We're stacked in every single division. I think Supercross is a sport in terms of how it's run, how it's promoted, the TV, but like, yeah. everything is we're in like this purple patch right now and i think like we've got a chance to almost like pick the direction you know yeah. like let's pick what we want to go like do we want to have these guys being able to show their personality do we want to have more engagement and so i think we're lucky in that sense now and it's like we we really do have a chance to almost like guide this thing in the direction you know that we that we want to go all the all the ingredients are there to cook something pretty special and I think guys have changed the way they, they think and train too. Like me and Ricky, we grew up on like more is more and more and more is mm. better. Now guys are like, I know like, you know, Hunter, Jet and, you know, Eli, like they might, they might ride one to two days a week, some weeks, let's say. And I, I don't know their programs, but I'm just throwing this off the cuff. Like it was literally Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, every single week. And then even, and then we'd have these weekends off we just had those would automatically be that we'd have, we, we'd be back four days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, exactly. When we didn't fly on the weekends and now you see the difference. And I think this is kind of where, um, I couldn't have, I needed to be on the bike. I think Ricky needed to be on the bike, but these guys now they're learning to be as good as we were with a little less riding. Mm. It's like NASCAR guys, right? They don't, or MotoGP, they don't get on the motorcycle unless it's Saturday and Sunday or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, mm. that's their practice. There was the, that they race practice and learn all in one day. And mm. we would have four days a week where we would do that. And even on during season off weeks, four days oh, yeah. a week. Um, now these guys, they're, they're getting themselves to where they need to be with a little less riding. And that's, that's because of you guys though, in a sense, yeah. though, you know, they it's figured like, out a way they, they improved on our technique hundred percent that. And they want, I think they wanted to have more fun than we had, which uh, more power to him. I wish I could have done the same thing. It just wasn't yeah. in my DNA to do that. No. And, and a lot, you know, l- like social media has changed. I think a lot of the game mm. and, mm-hmm. and having fun showing that personality that, I mean, it's, it's just changed tremendously. And now like with, so like when I came in and I started having success, really like overworking was able to beat the King, you know, then, then, you know, guys like RV followed, followed in footstep. Now you're starting to see the guys that are a little bit, I wouldn't even say smarter, just train different. Lawrence's, Eli, guys like that, riding a little bit less, but still getting those results. Uh, now you're going to see that trend to your point, RV, go, go that way because that's what everyone's doing. Back in our day, you had to ride this much. Now, the, the, you know, the tide has changed to where this is the route that you can go and this is what you have to do. And this is the amount of volume that you need to be doing to win. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Great. I appreciate you, my friend. It has been an absolute pleasure for you to come on Title 24. I know RV and I were amped to have you on. Um, totally. Is there any, anything you want to say, bud? No, I, I appreciate you guys. Um, yeah, uh, you it's really cool. Um, maybe you guys don't get the credit that you deserve too, because 
neither of you need to be here. You know, I think uh, you, RV, you could still be crushing cores at a river somewhere. Ricky, you could be, uh, you could be doing the same thing. And I think that the fact that you guys are two, I mean, between us three, there's 25 championships at, at this <laughs> table. You know what I mean? So, but the fact that the fact right. that you guys are still doing what you're doing for the sport and still care the way that you care. Um, and, you know, I, I understand that there's only a certain level of like insight and perspective that I can offer. You guys are the real dons of this game. And I think to, you know, to have guys like yourself and to have Stu back in the sport, you know, with the commentary that he's adding, um, it's, it's pretty epic. And I think you guys are really adding to the culture of, of what we've got going on. So just want to say thank you for having me on. I appreciate you guys. And, uh, and yeah, we're, we're very lucky as fans to, to have shows like this um, to tune into. Thank you very much, my friend. You're yeah, a good no, thank man. You. Yeah, thanks. Uh, best of luck. I'll, we'll be seeing you. I'll be at Dilla this, this weekend. RV, are you going? No, no, Dilla. I think the next one for me is going to be Coliseum, I think. Oh, wow. All right. You going, yeah, you yeah, going this yeah. weekend, Jace? No, I think I might go to NASCAR this weekend, actually. I, I guess I'm the only guy going to Unadilla, so. SVG. Yeah, I figured that one was a little too hard away from the hotels, a little too far from the hotel. Dude. I'm still not convinced that the promoters are going to let me in the place after what I said last time I was there. So I, 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 uh, that was when I was young and cocky and probably should have held back my words. So I, I've taken them back. They've <laughs> done a good job since then. But yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there making the 90 mile drive to the hotel. Uh, to and from the track each and every day and uh, yeah that's it but uh, again Jace uh, pump for you congrats on all your success with Gypsy Tales uh, everyone that tunes in to watch or listen to Title 24 make sure you go over there and listen to uh, Jace's epic uh, podcast it's long form but it's awesome very intimate and uh, these guys he's got some great guests on there some of the best uh, you name it he's he's had him on there so uh Good job, and um, we'll see you down the road, my friend. Man, it was awesome. That was that was good to have Jason. That was good. Yeah, no, he's. Um, I loved seeing his stuff uh, clips on Instagram. Um, yeah. It's cool to hear his story. How he, you know, coming over, get thrown back out, still here, the love of the sport, trying to, uh, you know, make a better pathway for for mm-hmm. for media for riders and all that. So like his insight he's got he's got some good stuff right hey uh looking forward to uh motorsports on nbc this week always remember uh it all starts with smx insiders y gant and jason thomas on youtube and saturday race day lives at 10 a.m eastern in unadilla on peacock moto ones for that day will be at 1 p.m on peacock but moto twos will be available both on peacock and nbc at 3 p.m cannot wait for that and then uh, 2.30 p.m. is the NTT IndyCar Series at Indianapolis Road Course. That's, uh, I, love, I love the road course at Indy. Then 5 p.m. is the Xfinity Series uh, Road Course. That's on USA. Both of them are on USA. And then shifting gears to Sunday, I'll be home by then. I am going to watch the Cup Series uh, at Indy Road Course. We're getting down to the wire before the playoffs start. So uh, it's going to be go time. If you're a Chase Elliott fan, um, you're going to be bummed because he went out early at Michigan last week. So he is getting to crunch time, and the dude is is, is going to have to win. Um, Unadilla, 
Uh, I want to share a quick story, RV. You, I don't, I can't remember if you were there or not, but 2005, I think you were. Um, mm, were you no, there? Six. I, only did the, I did the last three of outdoors, which was Binghamton, Steel City, oh, right. and Glen Helen of 05. Um, that was a that was an interesting one for me. Um, I'm sure a million people have seen it on YouTube, but uh, me and the Stu, my teammate in the NBC broadcast booth uh we were going i fell down early and played catch up and then boom we're coming down <laughs> the long hill and uh yeah he just he, he lands on me um anyhow obviously he didn't mean to do that so what happened so Stu and i have talked about it i'm coming down the inside of that hill and rv you you know what happened so when, I, when I'm coming down, I check up because I didn't want him to cross back underneath me. And he wasn't anticipating me to do that. He just, you know, he, we, we, you know he's like, I didn't think you were going to slow down. So I was going to cut, cut back across you. And I'm like, come on, dude, you didn't, you, you honestly thought I wasn't going to slow down and protect the inside. He's like, I promise, dude, obviously I didn't want to land on you. And then he said, he told me by the time he started to turn and accelerated and, and accelerate, that's when he noticed, he's like, oh no, this dude is slowing down. And uh, yeah, luckily um, I was able to get up and uh, finish the race. I think I got second. I think K-Dub won that one. And mm -hmm. uh, nevertheless, hey, I, I'll take personal responsibility for RV because I was in the lead early. I think I fell on the second lap and then had to play catch up. Had I not fallen, I wouldn't have been in that position. So uh, that's, that's right. When you make when you make stupid mistakes, what is your uh, what's what's a uh, what's a good one for Unadilla for you? I think it was maybe two thousand. <laughs> yeah, two thousand eleven. Um, me and Dunge raced really, really, really hard that entire season. I don't think I had won a first moto up until Unadilla, or sorry, second moto up until Unadilla. Um, we really? struggle with the motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, we struggle. I I think I, I won a lot of a lot of first motos and couldn't get through a second moto. And we we struggle with the motorcycle a lot. We were changing shocks in between motos and, and just oh. couldn't find something that wouldn't beat me to death in the second motos. And um, you know, it was rough. It was it was a it was rough because every time I'd come out, I could win the first moto, and after the second moto, I could lead for about or fifteen minutes or so, and here comes Dunge and he passed me. So, two thousand twelve, they actually had changed the frame on um, the two thousand twelve Kawasaki four fifty, and there's a homologation rule that everybody knows about. There has to be two hundred or two hundred fifty for sale in the, you know right. in either warehouses or on sh showroom floors, and that was right around august so it's august now so this it's this coming weekend and they were sitting in warehouses so i flew from florida last minute to california to go test this frame and i was able to and i'm this isn't a joke i rode it through the parking lot at Glen helen and i rode back to the truck and i told them as soon as because it was my same forks same shock it was the identical motorcycle frame was just a little bit different and i rode back up and i'm like i can already feel the difference and they're like, you're lying. And I, you haven't touched a track. I'm like, I promise you, I'm riding through the parking lot and I can feel a difference up through up through my lower back and like just a little bit more compliant. Went out and rode it, confirmed it, went to Unadilla and went 1-1 on the day. And that was the first time I had done it that year. And uh, that was also, I believe, the year that Steel City, I Dunge led every lap except for the last lap of the first moto. Wow. I passed him with that last turn to go, so. Dude, that is an epic story. Isn't it crazy, dude? You just like felt it that quick. Yep. <laughs> yep. 
And I think it just comes down to, like, as you know, we rode so much. We knew the motorcycle, uh, like the back of your hand and what it was going to do and where it was good, where it was bad. And uh, you could show up to a track and kind of under un- see it, understand it and be like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to probably struggle second moto just because I, I knew what I had dealt with already nine or 10 rounds before that, or, you know, races mm-hmm. before that. So um, it was, a, it was wow. definitely a weight off my shoulders to, to okay. not have to struggle in the second moto. And to know that, and to know, like just a little bit of affirmation to know that it wasn't you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that too. I'm good. I still got it, you know? That's right. Sweet. Well, uh, we went long today, everybody. Thank you very much. It was for good reason. Again, thank you to uh, Jace McElpine for uh, at Gypsy Tales for coming on. RV, I know you are on a little trip with the kiddos. Thanks for uh, yep. thanks thanks for uh, making it happen. You're a great partner. No. Um, it's good, buddy. We're going to go check out some Universal Studios. I think we're going to Super Mario World. So <laughs> There you go. I love, I love it. I love it. United Motorsports, Quad Lock Case, and uh, Boxo USA. We appreciate you guys and um, uh, couldn't be here without you guys. Uh, if you want to watch, remember to go to uh, NBC's YouTube page, NBCSports.com, or Peacock. Remember, we are uh, on the man uh, on Peacock, so you can go back and watch other episodes. And uh, we are on Amazon Music. Just hand up, head over to Amazon dot com slash NBC sports to get all the peacock shows and remember to uh, leave your comments like and um, you know keep those questions coming we appreciate all of you guys and uh, everyone have a great week again thank you for the support RV and I are super thankful and uh, we'll be back again uh, and we're going to do it and talk some Unadilla will Jack go down or will he keep the streak alive and is Hayden going to keep up that dominant ride that he had in Washington Your spring is about to get a lot more power with the Home Depot. Get gas-like power from mowing, trimming, and blowing with the Ryobi 18-volt 1 Plus system starting at just $89. Mowing power that can take on a third of an acre with one charge. Trimming power with up to two hours of runtime. And blowing power with 110 miles per hour of clearing force. All on one interchangeable battery. Get cordless gas-like power for the entire lawn with the Ryobi 18-volt 1 Plus system. Only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.